Hello and welcome back to the Three Wine Guys. It's Scott. Steve-O. I'm Terry. Terry doing a little munch and munch on a cracker. A uh, munchy munch. Have you, have you noticed? I, I've been editing all the shows. What happens is, is I'm always eating right before we begin. Right. No, I'm always. And then you're, then you're drinking through the whole podcast. Oh, but that, that one that we did, I was chewing the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, don't That was a little rude, Steve-O. Yeah, it was. Well, we're doing... I couldn't edit out the muncha, muncha, muncha. We're doing back-to-back today. Uh, we just did the champagne one, which is probably already on iTunes, and uh, which is the fizzies. The and fizzies. now we're doing uh, dessert wine. The stickies. The stickies. Uh, these so, are actually all Australian. Yeah. So the, uh, Australians like to refer to their dessert wines as stickies. Um, and... <sighs> Listen, there's a lot of places we can go with that, but we won't. But let's just let you know. The Australians, they, they call their dessert wine stickies. But let's, let me just say this, that um, the Australians do a phenomenal job with, with not only a number of wines, but they do a, number, a great job with different types of wines, meaning the fortified wines or dessert wines and sparkling wines as well. They, I, I, I guess it's, it's arguable whether or not um, dollar for dollar we do a better job than they do. I think that we excel on a higher end, mm-hmm. but I think on the well, low- like the Dolce or things like that. Yeah, I always yeah, say right, right. So. Yeah, no, no, you're exactly right from Farniente. No, but I'm just saying. Um, I think that uh, in the low to mid end, the mid range of any varietal, if if we compete with Australia, I think they do a better job than us. Hmm. But on the higher end, I think we dominate. Yeah, and and I just think it's I, for whatever reason. I, I just I just I you know. And, and People can argue with me for whatever it is, but like I said, um, like when you're talking under twenty dollars, only forty dollars. I think Australia Bank for you know dollar for dollar. I think even across do. the board, that's across the board. Just, I mean, for varietals that they do. I mean, now, like obviously they don't do Pinot Noir, so that that's not that, that's something we can't talk about. But um, I think that uh, the Shiraz, their Cabernet. Yeah, the Shiraz or Cabernet. Mm-hmm. I mean, their their Chardonnays. I, I don't know. They just do. A How very, are their Sauvignon Blancs? Good, very good. Very good. Almost as good as New Zealand. Well, different than ours, and we'll do that when we get into it, but different than ours, but uh, very underrated, very underrated. Well, the one thing I like about this subject, dessert wine, it's not a common one. People just getting into wine probably aren't into dessert wine, and I think, speaking for the three of us, we're not big dessert wine guys, because I look at dessert wine as you're out to dinner, if you want to put out the fire and call 911, you get a bottle of wine. Here's but if the fire just is a, you know, you could use a fire extinguisher, one glass, this is your fire extinguisher. What I used to say, I used to tell people when they're ordering dessert wines, if you did not do a good enough job drinking from start to to meal, right. then go ahead and get a dessert wine. First time I had dessert wine, I was out at my wife, went to Charlie, uh, Charlie Trotter's in Chicago, yeah. and we did the food pairing, yeah. and they finished off with a black muscat. Wow. Nice. And no idea. I was like, what is this strange sugary stuff? It goes good with chocolate. So it was, and that that was my first experience with it. So yeah, I mean, for me, my, I guess my first what would be considered a dessert wine was with port. My dad's a big port fan. See, now port, I would put even though it's still in that dessert wine category where you've got port and muscat mm-hmm. and sauternes and everything. Port to me has always come off as like. Not saying it's the manliest drinks of all dessert wines, but to me, like as generalization, it's the least sugary. Well, port. All the, well, you look like a, tor- a tawny. Oh, tawny, port. yeah, tawny that's is true. Extremely. Well, no, well, port, ports are fortified with brandy, right? So, and they they typically they average about twenty percent. 
and a lot of dessert wines can be anywhere from six to seven percent, mm-hmm. all the way up to what we, you know. So today, I mean, the first one we're doing today started at eleven to twelve percent alcohol, all the way up to the last one to eighteen and a half. Yeah. So usually, yeah. from uh, just the, I, I believe I read it, and not not that you should be quoting uh, the. Uh, uh, the encyclopedias that you find online and stuff, but they they refer to it as anything fourteen percent more as dessert wine. Mm-hmm. But uh, today the first one's eleven percent. Right. The uh, we let, you know let the three that we're going to do today are the you wanna... uh, again these, these are all from Australia and the first Crikey. one that we're doing that, yeah, is from is uh, from uh, the Clare Valley uh, from South Australia mm-hmm. and um, it is a late harvest riesling. And people are like, well, I know, I know Riesling. And when people think Riesling, I think they think sweet. They think of a sweet wine. Not Harvard, Swedish, though. It's not Swedish. Okay, sweet. When I think Riesling, I think we're German rack- almost. Right. We're racking in Sweden, though. So. Or Austria, yeah. Oh, that's right. You're right. Exactly right. Um but uh, as far as uh, late harvest reasoning, typically what, what differentiates uh, a late harvest reasoning from others is that they'll wait until uh, two weeks, a month, month and a half after harvest for the regular reasoning wines, and they'll wait for the grapes to almost become basically raisins. So it's not just a cute name? Uh, it could be. It could be so it's actually well. late in the harvest? It is late in the harvest, okay. yeah. And then when they become most raisin-like, then they'll press, press the grapes, and they'll get this really concentrated juice. So... Uh, what what people like about and what I think is what was most fascinating about dessert wines is it takes all the aspects of wine that you like and it just concentrates them. One could argue, would you rather have you know a bottle of Riesling or a glass of late harvest Riesling? Mm-hmm. So here's basically what I'm what I'm what, I, what I'm showing is that we're doing three different grapes. The first grape is a Riesling, but a late har- a, a late harvest concentrated version of Riesling. The next one we're doing, the second grape we're doing is uh, Muscadelle or Tokay, and dessert wine is going to be a concentrated version of that grape. And, and then for the last the, is is uh, sorry is Muscat. Right, and for the fact that we don't want to throw up while we're recording, we're not touching ice wine or any of the others. There's there's, yeah, there's, there's many many no, many dessert wines. We're we're, we're going to do one. I, I know we're we're going to do one on ports and sherries. We're going to do. I mean, we're going to get to those. But basically, what we're doing the Australians um, for a few reasons. Um, Terry has, I think, kind of a little bit of a, you know, man love for Australia. I love Australia. I love, as I said many, many, many times before, Shiraz is my ultimate favorite. They do a tremendous job, and these wines that we're doing tonight, they. Um, like I said, um, uh, some when some people think of dessert wines and they they know them, you have restaurants. They can be pretty pricey, and particularly pretty pricey for the by the glass. Mm-hmm. These wines, if they're being served, all I can say is that the restaurants are making a shitload of money because in a restaurant you'll be paying about ten to fifteen, ten twenty dollars a glass for, for glass. these, and they're little glasses too. Yeah, yeah, and and the fact that you can actually get these in retail for ten to twenty dollars. Wait, we're drinking on a big glasses though. What's that? We mean? are. Yeah. We, we're a train wreck. <laughs> we do everything we, backwards. We, we got appetites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna have my teeth drilled tomorrow too for my dentist because they're so sweet. So. so the first wine is uh, is from Mont Horrocks and. Um, and it's a late harvest Riesling. It's called the Cordon Cut. And uh, this wine, if you know anything about Riesling, this should be this is, should basically be a super concentrated version of that. And when I, for me, when I think of Riesling, okay, guys, when I think of Riesling, to me, I, honestly, I think um, sort of uh, citrus. Uh, peach, I think. I think most crisp of, though too. But yeah, yeah. but no, it depends on the style. But I think of citrus um, 
kind of lemon lime, lemon lime grapefruit, and then I think peach or apricot. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. So this should be a concentrated, pure, denser form of that. Um, guys, this is is it, for any of you guys. It's your first lace heart. Is it either of you your this first? This is this is my first lace first harvest, harvest recently. And so, so that, please go ahead. This one to me, I, this was my favorite for the evening. I can. Uh, I can say that before we get yeah. into the rest of them, but this yeah. one for me was the one I liked the most. Surprisingly, I liked so it. Start to finish, appearance to a- close. Appearance golden. This is a golden, golden wine. Once Yellower you're... than golden. This is almost like cough syrup yellow. Cough syrup yeah, yellow. Yeah, right on, man. That, that is it. Ow. That is a great call. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, on the aroma, but it tastes better than the cough syrup because <laughs> the yellow cough syrup tastes like crap. But it's funny you I mentioned mean, got, you we, mentioned cough syrup because this yeah. is what this is my next point on the yeah. aroma. I got this herbaceous, mm-hmm. and, I, and we were when we were going over these, Steve and I couldn't figure it out because we um, we usually taste this before we get into our comments and stuff, and um, I couldn't figure out what it was. But it was this herbaceousness, mm-hmm. and I still haven't been able to pinpoint it. But it it is a medicinal a fortified lemon. Fortified lemon. Well, wow, yeah. And the taste it ends with this lemon syrup, and at the finish, you keep lemon. getting this 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 cleansing. That should be playing right now in the background. Yeah, that should be playing. Lemon, yeah. Yeah, but the whole copyright thing. So I don't, yeah, we don't we don't want to mess with copyright. Yeah, that, or, that's yeah. we're referring to U two song lemon, right. of course. A um, little bit of honey. The summary to me was uh, lemony, herbaceous, honey, spice. It was all those things to me, wow. and even more so. But, but uh, this one, surprisingly, because of the colors, just looking at them as they were poured, usually I always w- will look at the darker wines as what are my favorites. Terry, a lot of people, when they, when they when they think of dessert wines, they think that they're going to be honey-thick, honey-sweet. Was this honey-thick or honey-sweet? No. I could, because I think you got a little bit more of the, that citrus fruit on yeah, it. Yeah, there's more city. There's a There's a... Back, there's a backbone of acidity that kind of lifts through all that sweetness, right? And, and yes, and then, and then that spice on it is really unique. And I that, think that, that's yeah. what, that, what I keep going back well, to. And I, I don't think know the what thing, it is. I think there's nice acidity in this too. I mean, how you're, and that's going along the lines of the uh, the citrus that you were saying. Exactly, but it's, it's not a sugar bomb. You know, all, and people really important when people talk about balance in wine, we all love, you know, a, wine is balanced for three or four things. It's balanced between the acidity. The mm-hmm. fruit, the fruit or sugars, the tannins, and the alcohol. Right. Okay. Those are those are four things, and uh, this wine is very well balanced. Mm-hmm. Extremely. Um, yes. To me, people who wouldn't like this wine are people who, if you don't like lemon, if you don't like pineapple, um, I, you, if you don't like those, you're you're gonna hate this wine. Right. Um, let me just tell you that I've had this wine with blue cheese and it was awesome. It was amazing with. With with that pungent, earthy blue I cheese, ima- I, I would imagine it'd be good with blue I, cheese. I have not had it with. I've had one of the other wines that we're gonna have tonight. I've had it um, with, and you know, it was phenomenal. This wine to me, now this sounds like a heart attack in a, on a plate, mm-hmm. but if you're gonna have this in foie gras, would just be an outstanding match. Um, to me, um, I would not. If you're gonna have some biscotti. I think this would be great with biscotti. I think the, the important thing to note with dessert wines is that the reason why people have a difficulty – when people have difficulty pairing dessert wines, to me it's because they don't know the sweetness of the, the wine they're actually trying to pair. They don't, know this, they don't know the sweetness of the dish. 
here's here's the general rule for you. If I can give if I could be sommelier for a second, and that is your dessert your your dessert wine should always be sweeter than your the food you're serving it with. And that's the reason why, to me personally, some dessert wines are so sweet they should just be the finish. It, to me, if I'm serving dessert wine, it's the close. Yeah. It's the hey, here's the dessert wine and here's cab fare. Now get the fuck out. We just had this with the um, goat cheese. With, with pro- yeah, we we had, we had a pepper goat cheese and a herbed, herb uh, de Provence, yeah, herb de Provence goat cheese, right. and this that even brought out more. And of that, that herb. wasn't planned. That was what I found in the refrigerator. That's, that's what you yeah. found, yeah. 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 But that that pairs so well with this because oh, it, it brings awesome. out that herbiness, and I think that's yeah. the herbaceousness yeah. of this wine, and I think that's what brings the, the uniqueness out. That's why going I love off this their wine. website, yeah. they mention uh, goat cheese. What's that's name, what they what's pair the with. Wife? Her name's Stephanie Cooper. Uh, Stephanie? Yeah, Stephanie Tool, T O O L. And uh, this volume wise, I guess, as a whole, they do about forty five hundred cases, which doesn't sound like a lot. Well, and they, the case, cases are six pack. Right, but still, I can't imagine someone going in and saying, give me 50 cases of this, you yeah, know what I mean? Because yeah. it's dessert wine. Usually, at least when I buy it, I get a, yeah. bo- a bottle, not right. a case. So yeah. um, you should be able to find it in uh, most places. So. And now it's not fair. I mean, I don't, I don't want to tell the people that you know, price I was able to get this for, but you'll be able to find this wine for, I would say, between 25 and 30 bucks, 25 mm-hmm. and 35 bucks. Yeah. Terry, uh, final thoughts, final grade on this. Uh, my first uh, late harvest Riesling, and one that I will never forget, I think. Very, well, very impressive. I uh, noticed oh, the pleats in your pants are gone, so <laughs> I know you're happy. I, honestly, I was very surprised that I liked this, just because of the colors. When we looked at this from, from what we're going to be drinking later on, the lightest, most golden color of all of them, and uh, the, actually my favorite. I, I was very surprised that I liked it, and I gave it an, a solid A. I loved it. Yeah. No, an A, Terry. You know, people people have gotten on me because emails you say they're going to buy it. Time. I would buy it. Yes, you're going to buy it. I would buy this and not set it aside and just use it, drink it on very. Because uh, you're going out tomorrow occasion. to visit Stevo. Yes, so. I, I'll, I'll buy a bottle of it. Well, well I bought the last one. Uh-huh. Oh, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. I gave it a BB plus. I was really impressed with it. I wasn't, and like I said, I'm not a big dessert wine drinker. Yes, I do have dessert wine at home. I've had a lot for a long, not a lot, but the dessert wine I've had, I've had for a while. Right. Just because it never seems the right time to open it. I'd rather open up another bottle and, you know, hit it that way. But uh, this, the it, it, the balance in, I don't know if you'd even say like the, uh, you know, it's almost like elegant, you know, for for dessert wine. Well, so. I, yeah. And, and uh, for me, I, I, I give it an A-. Minus. Um, to me, uh, I've had more complex types of wine but for me what i really liked about it is i really liked the acidity um i like the fact that it had this nice sort of crispness of this acidity that really kind of lifted up the sweetness it never got too cloyingly sweet it, this is a wine there was, that, cri- it was crisp at yeah times. It, this is a wine that kind of can get hand but to me this best way to describe this to me is uh lemon and tart honey or mm-hmm. you know or lemon and honey, or tart, what have you, but honey and lemon, a bit of pineapple, a little bit of tropicality to it, very slightly. I didn't get a lot of nuttiness to it, and some people describe it as. I didn't get that much, but I, I thought it was a really nice wine. Not overly complex, but B plus, A minus, I, I, probably an A minus. I, I think it's a v- outstanding wine. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy that we had it tonight. All right, well, let's uh, let's roll into the next one. The next yeah. one is another Australian dessert wine. It's the Chambers Muscadet. Delhi? Muscadel. 
Muscadel. Hey, it, finally I didn't flub it. Yeah, or uh, it's also called toke. Toke. Mm-hmm. You toke with that? Sorry. Uh, this you said it's around fifteen bucks. Uh, yes. This has got a volume of 18.5%. So we're jumping from 11% in the last wine, which is the Mount Horax, to this, the Chambers, which is 185 yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and just to give you an idea, most most wines that you're drinking um, are going to be, I would say, around, the average the average wine is about 13 to 14%. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, people say, well, geez, that's not much difference. For every 3%... For every three percent increase in alcohol per glass, it's an extra glass of consumption. Mm-hmm. Wow! So the one glass of this is equivalent to two glasses of Chardonnay, to almost wow. almost almost two and a half. <laughs> one yeah. thing I'm gonna give props for for all the uh, dessert wines. Uh, Pretty good websites, good information on them. Yeah. This, uh, Chambers was established back, it's family owned since it was established back in 1858. So they've what been a, around. What a great nose. For a look, long time. Look at the ring of death on that. I mean, can you see that? Yeah. I mean, it looks like a baseball game. Look at that. Uh, but apparently they've been through uh, five generations, and um, for the last uh, 40 years, uh, Bill Chambers has been the uh, winemaker, and they've gotten tons and tons of praise on all different uh, dessert wines that they offer. Excellent. Uh, but it's a nice website. Got to give them kudos there. So Right. So um, the most typical of the dessert wines will be the toke. And uh, the toke grape itself um, is probably most famous uh, actually in Austria. Um, they yeah. Do, yeah, they actually make a toke grape. They make uh, the ferment. They call it the ferment grape. But uh, we call it the, the toke grape. This is what we, we call it our muscadel. And um, anyway, uh, very interesting grape. Uh, has a lot of uh, kind of interesting characteristics as well. Almost, I guess, kind of a cross between kind of Sauvignon Blanc and Riesling, if that makes any sense at all. But uh, it, it makes outstanding fortified or you know or, or dessert type wines. Um, this was straight up amber. Yeah, flat up amber. I'm waiting first to see one the was... uh, mosquito in it from Jurassic Park. So, I mean, it's it's <laughs> yeah. just like that. Yeah. Um, I know I got a lot of different flavors to offer this and you guys. To me, I got a tremendous amount of concentrated melon and mango. Mango. Really, you kept going into that mango. Yeah, melon and yeah. mango to me. Just mango. honey mango. Um, I love mango. Uh, you guys go ahead. Um, Scott, listen, this was your favorite, so you go into yeah, it. Yeah, this is from a, I, I could see this pairing with, uh, with food or having it by itself because it does have that little bit of key, uh, kick to it. Uh, out of the three, this is the one where I could kind of taste the most heat. Um, really? Yeah. Like, I definitely get cinnamon or nutmeg on the finish. Yeah, to me it comes off as a little bit of heat, but uh, I feel like I just stuck my arm into a beehive and ripped out part of a honeycomb and started mm-hmm. chewing on it. I agree with you on that one. Yeah. And it is, to me, honey, honey, honey. Mm-hmm. And I like honey. It goes good with uh, my... Ah, sugar. Da, 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 it goes... Da, da, it go... Honey, honey. Nice. Well, I was going to say it goes good with my chicken nuggets, so I'm a big fan. Wow. Of By the way, I'm sorry, that was probably just really super loud. I wonder, this with some chicken nuggets... <laughs> there you probably, go. I swear to God, this would be kick-ass. Yeah. I can run over and get some if you want. Right. We'll run right next door, yeah. Have to Paul go get some. Yeah. Because so, we're right next to a big boy. Producer Polycom. Uh, PP? 
Yeah, yeah. producer hey, Paul. He's MIA tonight, so uh, he'll probably be back in for the uh, blog. PPP, producer Paul. So, uh, Scott, you've had some real good dessert wines before. What, what, what stands lot, out? Like I said, the first time I had dessert wine was at Charlie Trotter's in Chicago. And... Well, you've had some good ports and such. You know, some yeah. What, what really sticks out to you about this? Oh, it's wine. a honey flavor. So, But... Let me say something. You like sweet, but you don't like really sweet. So, what is it in particular? Do you like it that slightly honey? The well, honey? what is it about? You know? I think there's a difference between having something that's sugary and sweet yeah. and honey. Honey right. to me has a though it is sweet. It's almost you know like uh, I'm not comparing it to like garlic, but in essence with garlic. That's sweet, but it's not Sa- like that's the essence of savory. But it, yeah, whereas yeah. this this has the honey taste to it, but it's not like you know you're having a cup of coffee with five tablespoons of sugar in it. Mm-hmm. We're like, whoa, this is sweet. Would so, you give this? Um, you know what? Actually, I didn't rate it. So if, on the fly, I would give this a for fifteen bucks. I'd give it a B plus, A minus, because mm-hmm. I could see serving this if we had people over and. Um, but like I said, I'm not a big dessert dessert wine person. But yeah, I like this. And uh, I, before this, I was a big fan of the uh, black muscat, which the muscat that yeah. we're doing next is definitely in that dark. Yeah, it's not an orange muscat, which I've seen before. But yeah. uh, but this, I, I was really impressed with it and pleasantly surprised. So Terry, uh, back to what Scott was saying, the the, uh, the honey is predominant. To me, and it, it and it's not like your processed sugared honey, it, what you buy off the shelf at a grocery store. It's when you see the actual honeycomb mm-hmm. in, in the jar, possibly, and, yeah. and you you have that, and it's got that, uh, you know, maybe earthiness to it. Um, for me, a uh, little raisiny, mm-hmm. yeah. little, little raisin. Um, I get a little raisins, but, but I don't like to tax. So. The finish to me was like can- well, that's, that's from Chernobyl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> During your your college days, that yeah. that cleanup crew job you had was well, it an internship? Or was that just a summer job? Summer job, yeah. The Chernobyl, the Chernobyl crew, yeah. Um, this too, I got a little bit of oakiness. I with got five hundred bucks an hour. Steve, oh man, <laughs> I'm talking about my fruit flavored candied berries, and you're talking about Chernobyl. I, just got I was talking about raisins, so sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. He, 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 yeah, yeah, it's all it's a scat bell. Yeah, right, that's yeah. the Steve Belligerent bell for Scott now. Yeah. This is when you when you when you twirl this, yeah. give it a little swirl. It's yeah. very viscous. Well, they all are. Yeah. yeah, they're all they're all thick. I'll say one thing about these: they're all thick. They're they're not cloyingly thick. They're you not, love that word today. Yeah, cloyingly. Because well, I've I've had dessert wines where it's like you you try to put some air into them, and it's like you know. It's like seriously squeezing a bottle of uh, ketchup in your mouth. They're just it's that, <laughs> just that thick, or about honey. I mean, to me, the, the, these all be, between the alcohol and the acidity, these all they all either the alcohol gives this wine these wines good lift or the acidity does. And the first wine it was lower in alcohol, but the acidity was much higher. These two are the much there's zero acidity, very little acidity, but the alcohol gives them both nice lefts. You know, yeah. but for me, um, I agree with you guys on the honey. But for me, it was just much more tropical, just so much more melon. I got honeyed mango with uh, ginger and a little bit of nutmeg or cinnamon. Um, I thought they were they were thick and this was thick and slightly heavy. Would you give this for a, a grade, Terry? I, I gave it a B minus. I gave it a B. I I respect it, and I if I was walking what? along, let's put it this way, I needed to go right onto the store, 
well, to your store, you're not there. I'm looking for a dessert wine. Well, the, my first choice is not there. Right. The one we just drank, the, the Mount the Mount Harks. So next thing I look at is value, price. I'd I'd, I'd grab this this Chambers. And the, um, I think the Mount Horrocks you could pair with food easier. This would be just close on straight its own. out. Yeah. yeah. Close on its own. This I could see out. having like a creme brulee. Oh wow! This is like creme. This this is a creme brulee in a freaking glass. And then finishing with a glass of this. Might wow! Be, I mean, talking about yeah. Sweet yeah, upon double dip, sweet, double dipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you, if yeah, if, if I, now now that I think about it, if I had to like rephrase what I what it tastes, this is creme brulee yeah, in a right. glass, a little bit of vanilla. Yeah. But more on that toasted sugar side. Yeah. See, I get the honey though. God, it's good. Yeah, I mean, it's good. I, actually, you know what? I have to, I'm sorry. I wrote down B plus. Nice. I give B minus just because I prefer the one we had first more so. Well, that rolls us into the Buller. Numero Trace. Numero Trace. You know anything in the this wine, Steve? Um, the Buller. This this is made by um, by two brothers. Um, the Buller brothers. The Bullers. Yeah. Uh, as not B O W L E R. Do they own car washes? Oh. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. This actually, there's a little background on there, isn't there? No. No, there isn't. Yeah, there is. There is. There's, there's some stuff there. But anyway, oh. um, uh, this is the second dessert one I've had from these guys, and the first one I had was um, was actually the the toke, and now we're drinking the the muscat. And this, um, between the toke and the muscat, this is the darker of the three. This is a lot more. To me, I thought this looked like uh, it was toffee colored. Um, but this is this is again this is 100% muscat. This is the dark muscat or black muscat. That's uh, again another grape that's used quite often um, in a lot of different regions of the world. Uh, I thought Terry personally had the best description for this, which was flat Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's perfect. Um, I don't know, maybe Pepsi. Who knows? Yeah, you know, it, it, to me because oh, there's a because there's a little hint of uh, kind of like a brownish red. It looks to me more like Dr. Pepper or Mr. Pibb. You know, that's, that's even better call. It is definitely Dr. Pepper. Flat. Mm-hmm. Um, while Steve was having a sip of that, uh, the uh, – You want to explain to him why I'm having a sip of yours? Oh, because you drank all your – oh, no, that's right, because Terry jumped cheese into Steve-O's. So. No, into the bottle. Into the bottle. On the fr- the second glass. Yeah, yeah I did, I mean, You I, have yeah. a full glass yeah, of this, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't need a pound of them. We eat cheese when we usually do our, our podcast. We I was eat, picking we, up we, the, we food. the cheese food out. So I'm, I'm taking it and spreading it and walking over and it fell into the bottle. What can I say? Yeah, this is it's a uh, family-owned winery uh, founded in 1921, and uh, currently it's Rick Buller and Andrew Buller are Andrew the Buller. winemakers. All right, I, I got to ask this question. Mm-hmm. Okay, this, this is not... This is not like, you know, make it or break it. This is just a quick answer. Don't think about the the question. Just answer it. First thought. <clears throat> every every guy's been asked this question before, so here it is. Ginger or Marianne? Marianne. Marianne. Okay. I've always been a ginger guy. Mm-hmm. And and the reason why I I don't know, maybe uh, but for some reason I keep hitting on the ginger theme and I've been getting it's that apparent. from I mean, I've got it from the champagne. I've got it in this. You you never you never would think that that ginger, that spice, would be so prevalent in so many wines. It's something when you're just drinking wine, you never pick up when you're tasting and appreciating wines. It really comes through. But anyway, pickled ginger is far different than regular ginger. Too. Absolutely. And yes. that 
pickle ginger's got a little bit of bite to it. Yeah. Or, or, or real ginger, I'm sorry. Pickle ginger's got that sweetness, in yeah. which, to me, yeah, I could see why you get that, pick, you that get, ginger you, yeah, flavor. Yeah, you get that, that Asian spice, but anyway. So, um, but we were talking about these guys, uh, they're renowned for, the, for their oh, for yeah. stickies. Actually, all three of these have gotten great reviews, praise, accolades, um, all three of these. And I, to be completely honest, I had never had any of the three, and I'm, I'm actually really impressed with them. This uh, Buller Fine Muscat retails, you said, about $15. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know what the uh, production is, but do you think it's... Uh, Under 10,000 cases. Under? Okay. And uh, this has a uh, alcohol volume of about 18%. Yeah. So um, anything that in the states, anything over fourteen percent is taxed, um, taxed additionally because it's considered a dessert wine. Even if it isn't, I mean, you can buy a Shiraz or uh, a Zinfandel, whatever. They might be fifteen, whatever percent. But if they are, if they're over forty percent, they're taxed additionally. So it's that's the reason why it's it's difficult for winemakers to produce wines with that much um, oh. alcohol and uh, to do it well. It, it you know costs them more. More money that therefore is going to cost you more money as well. So. I did not know that. Really? Yeah. There you go. Good to know. A little edumacation. That's the reason why the Pax is sixty-five bucks a bottle as opposed to right. You know the Klein, which is eight bucks a bottle. Eight bucks. Wow. Yeah, and actually, just I think I bought a whole uh, row of uh, vines from Pax because I just did my uh, 06, 07, uh Pre, uh, pre-purchase stuff, so it's uh, good stuff, though. But anyhow, <laughs> as I get sidetracked, uh, right. what do you guys think of this the, one? The, um, well, this I'm I'm just gonna go out. I'll just say this, this is my favorite. Um, for with me, the cheese or without the cheese in your glass? <sighs> yeah, the cheese. <laughs> the, the, the cheese added something to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it did. Maybe, but that's right. Um, to me, I, I got a lot of floral quality floral qualities out of the wine. But uh, to me, um, I got a lot of raisins, molasses. But this, the alcohol is prevalent in the nose. You definitely get the alcohol in the nose. You know, it, yeah. really, it really comes through. And to me, I don't mind it. I've had some ports where you put your nose to it and just like, wow, it's like it's taking it hairs burns out. Some nose, yeah, it's taking, yeah. yeah, taking out some nose hairs. <laughs> um, for me, the, the predominant tastes for me, I got, uh, I, I put down uh, hazelnuts, almonds, molasses, ginger. I got you on the molasses. That's a great call. Um, to me, this is this is a, this is heavy. Um, it's not again. It's 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 heavy. Um, I you you have to say it's thick. It's pretty. It's viscous, but again, it's not overly so. Mm-hmm. And what I think, what about this one that separates it from the first one? It's the alcohol. That alcohol that it's always there. It's always prevalent. The alcohol gives a little bit of warmth and it gives a little bit of cut. And uh, I think it's extremely well balanced. I think it's a fucking fantastic one. I give it a minus. Um, I probably should give it a straight up A, but I, I gave it a minus. Um, personally, if I could, I, the other one that I had, I, their toke was a little bit less sweet, and I and I I, I would have given that an A. I, wow. So that's the reason why I'm giving this an A minus. You okay with the toke? No, 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 no. They're, <laughs> That's funny. Are you okay with the token? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, I, I gave this a B plus. I mean, even though uh, to me, I like the honey of the chambers. This, like you said, though, with the alcohol, it it's balanced more. Where, like you said, it does cut through it. I mean, it's definitely a uh, definitely a really all all three of these. Are I would serve this without a doubt. This with blue cheese would kick fucking ass. Yeah, that's it. Listen, blue cheese. The first wine, um, the late harvest Riesling, without a doubt, without a doubt, I'd serve it with uh, 
with some frog for some foie gras. And the blue cheese and the what, what, what we're having tonight with it. it's amazing. The middle one, yeah. the middle, the muscadel, the chambers. I'd serve nothing. I serve it as is. This because that little bit of heat. I, I, I would like to serve it with something. I think with the blue cheese no. it would be amazing. That brings me to my review though. Yeah. I Which, yeah. I like this too. Uh, the, the taste, the molasses, the sh- the sugary raisin. I called it mm-hmm. with, and it had a little nutty finish, like yep. almond or nutty finish. Mm-hmm. Um, what I put down here is I might substitute this for port one night. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's I could see because I could see drinking it on its sure. own because it's got a really uniqueness to it. Let's say you just had dessert. Well, you might want the port to cut through right. it. Let's say you skip dessert and you don't have and you don't have that. Look, this would this this would be the best thing I think I've I could have to complement the mm-hmm. evening or finish the evening off. I like it a lot. I gave it a B plus. Um, my my favorite though is probably the first one. Okay. The late harvest cool. recently, just because the uniqueness to it for me. Yeah. My first time having it too. Who knows? I I I, I, I think when I say this, I I can step. I'll say it, I will say it, and I think it because I can't say this for all of us, is that uh, we were fucking impressed with these with these oh, wines. Yeah. And for those of you who've never tried dessert wines, well, these Australians, you got no fucking excuse. Instead of buying a bottle of your Mondavi Merlot. Step into the bat and just get one of these things because for twelve to fifteen bucks, you are not going to find. How about this? And you were saying actually, yeah. not to cut you off, T Bone, but both the chambers and the bowler, which are both the higher alcohol content, you don't need to finish them right all at once. You yeah, could pop that, that cork in there, and it's like port. That, no, it's you know, uh, it's a, that's extremely uh, good point to mention. These things will last once you open them up. If you put the cork back in, they'll last really indefinitely because oh, of the cool. alcohol content. They'll last. Indefinitely, and because of the way that they're made, unlike a wine, like I said, you could keep these things six months to a year. Nice, yeah. And I think just the fact that the three wine guys drank these tonight is saying that there's some credibility to drinking yeah. dessert wines. Oh, and here's the last thing I want to mention as well. People ask me as well for these dessert wines. I would serve them chilled, um, not. I would serve them. I think ideally these have all gotten warm on us, but I'd serve these at about 50 degrees, meaning keep them in your fridge, take them out of the fridge. Pop the cork, put them in a glass, let them open up. They really change. They really open up after a half an hour or so, and they're tremendous. So if you're not going to drink a bottle, pop the cork, pour it, let it warm up in your glass, put the bottle back in the refrigerator. Exactly right. So exactly good right. to know. Yeah, good very to know. good stuff. Yeah. Well, any questions of anything that we might have missed tonight, uh, Three info at threewineguys.com. Shoot us an email. We get tons and tons of emails. We love answering them. So anyhow, our website's threewineguys.com. Pick up some gear, take some pictures from wherever you're at. We get emails from around the world now. Scotland, France, uh, uh, Luxembourg! Yeah, Luxembourg. Our favorite friends from Luxembourg. Yeah, Yeah, Luxembourg rocks, man. Anyone that wants to send us there... You know, please send the airfare and a, and a little envelope. We'll be glad to go meet you there. Yeah, we'll do a tasting there. You so. bet your ass. All right. We are the Three Wine Guys, and we Steve-o. thank you for listening. Steve-o. I'm Terry. Peace out. And this is Scott. Have a good night, everybody. Employco presents Great Moments in Freedom.
General Washington, the boat, it's waiting. Yeah, I'll be with you in just a minute. I uh, just need to finish the payroll. These oh. engine action claims. The troops have been on my case for uh, but, but, General, the boat, they're about to cross the Potomac without us. Yeah, right. uh, who's going to lead us into battle? Well, it looks like you may have to leave without me, Captain. What? I, I still got to find a new dental carrier. Then I got to set up that training session on bayonet fighting. Uh, listen, sir, why don't you hire that group of patriots over at Employco? Uh, who's that? They can take care of all those administrative tasks for you. Really? Employee benefits, payroll, human resources, workers' comp, so you can do what you do best. Give them a call as soon as we get to the other side of the river. Hmm, great thinking. Employco gives us a perfect battle plan. You know, Captain, this truly is a great moment in freedom. All right, sir. Uh, can we go now? We're losing the sun. Oh, no. What about the 401 Employco, General Washington. Employco. All right, all right. I'm coming. Great moments in freedom from Employco. Give yourself the freedom to succeed. Call us today at 800-459-9800 or visit us at employco.com.